0: Hi, this is Tom and Drew's Desert Reviews. Right now, I want you to look down at your hands, raise them up, and repeat after me. I got two perfectly good fucks at the end of my arms. You're welcome. Here's Tom Collier and Drew Tadmeyer.
1: Hi, guys. Hi, Tom. Drew, how you doing? Oh, you know. Hi, Pam. Hi,
2: Drew.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody out there. This is Tom and Drew's Dessert Review Episode 5. We've nailed down five of these, and actually we were talking a little earlier before we hit record. We actually recorded an episode before all the episodes that you guys have heard. Um, it didn't turn out very well. I didn't have all the settings set right, so... Um, it's kind of just in the vault right now. The very exclusive Tom and Drew's dessert review vault.
3: That treasure is is buried. Yeah.
1: <laughs> buried. And yeah, you're not gonna find the map either. So what we're gonna do today, we have the lovely Pam Deckler with us this afternoon. And Pam has been on the top of Tom and I's list ever since we started this thing. So she's been in contention for one of our guests for this entire time. And we finally aligned our schedules that we could get her. So we have Pam Deckler here and I met Pam when I first started coming up here. And she's just a lovely lady. Um, And she has always been a really good friend. She's always just a super positive person. She's a super consistent person, like we were talking about before we started here. So we're just going to kind of go through Pam's background. She has an interesting background that... I think is worth a listen. Um, she is has been married to her husband Charlie for how long? Forty-seven years. Forty-seven years. So that's that's quite a long time. I mean, even uh, when you think of today's standards, you kind of wonder if people are gonna keep going for 47 years in marriage so that seems like a big feat to to people and it is so we're just going to talk about kind of pam's backgrounds um she's moved um with charlie um whether it was in the service or for his career she has moved states over 20 times so, Pam has an interesting background. She's an elder's daughter. So, we kind of are going to try and figure out what it was like being an elder's daughter and then marrying somebody that uh, was on the move all the time. So, we're just going to get to the bottom of it. This is very investigative journalism here. So,
3: um Big words for
1: this. Yeah, yeah, we're a big we're big fans of backstories here, so we're gonna get Pam's. So um, without any further ado, we're just gonna jump right in. Um, after I tell you about the dessert review that we're going to do, which was strawberry pretzel salad, and I put salad on our board in quotations because it's not really a salad. It's it's not. It's one of those things that it could be a salad, it could be a side, or it could be at a dessert. We think it's, I think it's supposed to be a dessert. It wasn't served that way at basket dinner today, but that's the way I'm going to do it. This is uh, my podcast, so that's the way things are going to go. So strawberry pretzel salad dessert. We're going to kind of put the brakes on whenever um, and talk about that. So without any further ado, Pam Deckler, why don't you just go through with us wherever you want to start growing up in Ohio and we'll just see kind of where we go. So Pam, where did you come from?
2: I came from a small town called Jerry city, which is South of Bowling Green, Ohio, (coughs) and i grew up in it was not a dysfunctional family um my dad and mom uh there was a preacher that had come up from west virginia he was he was an evangelist and he came to work, as did so many others from the coal mines from West Virginia, things like that. He came with the railroad. He he was such a good evangelist that he knocked on doors. Um, a lot of the people were going to some churches, but my parents probably were in their 20s, and my mom and dad became Christians. And they were they were just I think two people that blended well together for it my dad was one that when he was so um, he lived it he walked it but it wasn't it wasn't something that was how annoying is he
4: mm-hmm.
2: it was everything he practiced him and my mom um, it was from the Bible and he was he read the Bible so much. He studied science. He he just read all these things that he was interested in. But the Bible was something he was always going back to to see how things was put in order from the beginning to the end. So he was one that if he taught you, if you, if you were talking over here with the New Testament, he brought it all together on what God did back here. He knew the words, but it was never um, one of those things where he wasn't one that would have done it to be like show off. He, he he was one that could had memorized. He just had a really good, everything he read, he remembered. And But he, he was one that wouldn't quote it like that because he didn't think that was to an advantage. Plus, mm-hmm. it wasn't to show off. Mm-hmm. It was to use the word. So I just remember, and I was telling Drew earlier, I don't know, where it started, I never noticed he always was teaching. It was through everything us kids did, because all four of us feel the same way. If he was taking you um, in the woods, it was about nature, telling you about the birds, how things were set up. It was all about the order of how the world was set up and telling us in the Bible what to look at. But it was always about order and following something because it's the safest path, and he did that whether it was life lessons, taking us swimming for the first time, teaching us about the water. Never be like, and I told Drew it wasn't something that you thought. Is he trying to? Sk- it was just a. It was.
3: His natural way.
2: Yeah, and wow. he learned that from the Bible. I mean, I think as a young kid, he experienced things where, um, you know, parents were coming out of the Depression. You didn't have a lot of money. But he was one. He he did some funny things as a kid, you know, jokes. He loved jokes and things. But he was, when, when he became a Christian, it was about always doing the right thing and how you talk so our house was one that i just i i just call it balanced because it's not you know as kids you're going to have learning lessons of something you messed up or somebody says something but he was always using like you know showing you if if you think this life is one you want to choose, because I was home drew, of course there was sin around in towns. There was also a lot of people that went to churches, were good people, but there was the people that practiced alcohol There were alcoholics there were some gay people there were people and i mean it was sin. there's sin Mm. in the world but he was he was really my sister reminded me of the comment or an old statement that you don't prepare the road for the child you prepare the child for the road Mm. and that's what it really reminded me of that he was always telling us to think um, is this the right way to do something or he and i can remember one time there was a man that lived down the road from us that was my dad's age group he 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 beat up his wife but my dad was one that with everything he was taught in the bible it, these men still respected him they really he didn't never hit anybody but they didn't mess with him that way and my dad would say you don't touch her and you don't do that um so he stood up for the things. But I just look back at how with studying the Word and sitting down Right, he was always prepared. He was one of those If somebody said, do you have some lessons? Well, sure. <laughs> I mean, I can talk yeah. about this. Because he had, you know, he had, story. that was just his way. Some people just have more of that, where my mom was more, she studied and things, she took care of the house. But she wouldn't have been the one doing it. He was that teacher.
3: Mm-hmm. Just. So was he like a Christian in this blue What I'm picturing is a blue-collar, rough-and-tumble town with a lot of you know, workers like railroad guys, coal miners. Yeah,
2: because the towns they grew up in around there were the oil towns then. That okay. was when the big booms happened. Yep. So our town happened to be a dry town where there was no alcohol. It wasn't until... 15 years ago that they had to get a vote from the town to be able to sell liquor oh, at really? the store. They, it was, we had in a small town, there was a Church of Christ, a Methodist, an EUB. And the EUB was very strict, United mm-hmm. Brethren. They were very strict, almost like a Mennonite, how they would mm-hmm. dress, but they were very strict. So you had a lot of people that believed in God. We had a Seventh-day Adventist. I remember him coming around to the house and i learned because i did this later in life my dad's they sat and talked Mm
4: -hmm. and
2: yeah they didn't change i mean the but they always did this but the church at that time was i was telling drew there were so many leaders men it was almost like there were too many in one spot
4: Mm.
2: but a lot of what was going on in the 60s were things about they disagreed? They were splits a lot. um Orphan homes. Church
3: of Christ splits. Yes. Okay.
2: Orphan homes. Um,
3: that was the dissension. Orphan okay. homes and yeah. institutions. So and the speak.
2: amazing part is, they all. No one had a problem. Uh, the ones who didn't believe in paying orphan homes out of the church. Tr- treasury basically is what they were saying they were fine given to people individually but they did not want to take that upon themselves to use them because this would be given money to whoever it wasn't
1: yeah you weren't exactly sure where it was gonna end but they
2: there were so many some of it could get picky on if you bought a communion tray, it had a cross on the top. Maybe there would be a person that way. But what ended up happening, so many times with the splits, when other men were coming in or other families got together, it was more your difference in personalities split. They they really, you know, a lot of times, someone would say, we'll study it, and Mm -hmm. we'll keep studying it, Mm -hmm. you know. There were a lot of strong individuals, and then they would go start a congregation someplace else. And the sap- For
3: good reasons and for cont- yes. there were split reasons, yes. but sometimes good reasons. Yeah. Yes, yeah.
2: and of course there was some things going on, but I just remember for myself, I saw with how my dad and some others, when you use that word rightly, and they didn't walk around. We talk now about, I get tired of the perfect work because they never walked around saying they, you know, were perfect. But the other side, you're not supposed to sin. I mean, you're not supposed to practice sin. Yep. That's not part of your life. And that's what the life lessons were about. You're going you're gonna to meet people who are doing certain things or what are you going to do when you... And we also lived in a time where neighbors watched out for each other. Um, My dad was one it, in high school. We always knew he could be out looking to see where you were to make sure what you're doing. But our household wasn't... um it, m- My dad was one that, and mom where, and some of the others with them. No matter what they were asked to do, taking care of at the church, if somebody else wasn't doing it, that's their choice. They just did it. It wasn't something arduous on them it wasn't oh how horrible they just took care of it it. they helped other people in need i mean it was just watching the word work and i know when my mom and dad were baptized then he talked to his family and they all all but one brother came in so he had he had four siblings five siblings and a number, some of them were really strong, you know, a couple, they all, you know, had stayed in, and one brother became a deacon, but, and his mom, he, he was really this watching out for your families, doing other people, knocking on doors, talking to people in town, but it wasn't a, na- it, it wasn't where you talk to people, and you, they're mad at you. Yeah. People actually did listen a mm-hmm. lot of times, but... I think just looking back on it, I'm just, um, I, I had told my sister one time, I remember just one time going upstairs and we had a big bathroom upstairs, big mirror. And I remember, I don't, I probably was 12 at the time. And something must not have went the way maybe I won, but I just, I remember just having tears and crying for a minute. And then I thought, oh my, Stop! This is a pity party. Because we were told, you know, you deal with something, you're not sitting there whining about things. I mean, if you're sick, everybody was compassionate. My grandma was the most wonderful little nurse in the world. But when it's time to get up and get going, you you just got to, you didn't even question it. So someplace along the line with teaching... You learn those things. Mm-hmm. And it was the word. I always say, if, if you're doing something right, you're doing it because it's God's way. I didn't think up the rules. I, I mean, I didn't make them. So it, but it was always interesting to watch that as I got older. Um, I mean, we just he was just always one, one to sit and talk. In my family, when you had meals, you talked about the gospel. Mm. And always prayer. But you talked about other things too. I mean, it but um, he he was just one that kind of just found it to get, I don't I don't even know how to explain how it hit someone cuz I wish I had more of that where
4: uh-huh.
2: you know, I always try to go back and keep, you know, looking at getting the whole picture of who God is.
3: He, he sounds like a very fertile ground.
2: Yes. yes. He oh, was he very be, fertile ground. He, yeah. be he believed. Every, I always knew with him, his personality, and my mom believed, but him with my dad, it was that. There was no doubt what he believed in. And and I do remember him saying one time, you have choice. And if you, if you don't want... To believe and don't believe in God. Then eat, drink, and be merry, because that's all you're going to have—is mm. what you have mm. in this world. Yep. But so I'm not—you know—I talk about him, and it's not like I make him into this, like he never had. A, you know. But our home was so—we had relatives that weren't. Some of them weren't Christians. They—they they would have chosen my mom and dad to raise their kids because it was very peaceful in the house. You didn't have drama
0: all the time. Mm.
2: And yeah, we got, if we did something wrong, (laughs) and our wrongs probably compared to what some people... Wrong is, I mean, wrong's wrong, but ours would be probably considered to There be, can't be
1: degrees. Like, yes, act,
2: yeah. Lightweight
3: like, wrongs. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: They'd be like, oh, really? And it's like, but that wasn't right. You don't act that way. Yeah. And and I just, and someplace along the way, I think with this examining, because I remember in sixth grade looking at people in town who, you wonder why they're bitter or why they're in a grumpy mood. And I was telling Drew, you know, I really started looking and seeing what changed them in their lives. Before they had, I said, one of my distant relatives lived across the street. Um, She had a five-year-old daughter killed in a tornado that went through there. And her sister lived through it, but they were sucked out of the basement. And she, she got down in, but she didn't get sucked out of there. But having said that, she really obviously had turmoil when there were storms. But she kind of was, had her, times, bitterness. And she she went to church, I mean, she was a Christian. Mm -hmm. But you just see, or I was saying, there was an uncle that my dad, that was a drunk. And they helped, a lot of the family helped him. um, So he had food and place to stay. But I was saying, he actually, I always understood, he was a wonderful carpenter. He had like, him and his wife, eight kids or so, she died. He Mm. didn't, he started drinking. Never got out of the bottle. But I said the horrible part, all of his children were sent to homes. And a couple of the boys had come back that, was my dad's age, lived in town there, and the one became a Christian, things. He didn't get a good family. They were sent to homes like out west where some of them um they were called farm things where they mm. just used them to work but anyhow, mm-hmm. yeah mm. but i think so much is what you have in your life and what you learn to deal with which made it easier in some ways probably to move and meet people yeah because i looked at them different i do not look at them as um that rotten. I mean, I know people can say mean things. I know they can do mean things. I don't look at them with my nose down, or I don't even know how to explain it. It's it's always what happened that you know made your life miserable or yep. made something. And I'm not saying I think I'm going to change it, but. There were so many things with the church, because your life was about going to church. The, the, and it, it was, I had went, um, in the younger years, there were so many splits, so you were changing. Sometimes you go an hour away. You were going to singings at other church, but they were hour, hour and a half. And, and you go to all the services, and they'd have gospel meetings, but it was all about bringing people to Christ. And that was really the big push of bringing people in you know, talking the gospel to the lost so they were doing that a lot and then when um, we got married, we started moving around moving to different states I was telling Drew that South Bend, when we first got out of the Air Force, which would have been 76, 77 South Bend had seven Churches of Christ listed I was always taught, you know, you look up see what's there because that's where you're going to be and maybe ask a preacher somebody to help you tell you what's in an area and there was one church of christ that was guitars <laughs> but the other six i mean at that time if you walked into a church of christ building it was they were doing what they should mm-hmm. i mean but now it's switched because now with the move, so many of the last 15 years or so I have a problem with everyone going overseas sometimes when there's a field here
4: yes. that
2: Amen. it's not being hit because when I go to find churches now when we move it, we moved to North Dakota and we were in Wapton, which was southeast and I had to go to Fargo which was now, they had had a split there, so there were, you know, you didn't have, it, it was where you were gonna go to one or the two. So I went, and I always go to the one that's the firm. I ha- You always have to see what the problems are, what's going on, because you're gonna be there, but, mm-hmm. There were people that were coming from northern up at the Air Force Base in North uh, in North Dakota. They would travel an hour and a half, two hours, to get to church because there's not. And some of the areas you see why, because there's not a lot of population. Mm-hmm. But you start getting in other areas, there is population, and mm-hmm. something's happened that I don't know if too many churches have split that there's not the places to choose. Anymore, right. and it's it's very sad. It was hard because you. I always thought, oh, no matter where you go, you can find church because people say you go down south. Oh yeah, there's churches on every corner.
3: Well, so what do you think caused that depletion? Because it and I've seen other local studies where they actually, how many congregations in Iowa, how many are, are musical instruments, how many have a paid preacher, how many don't, how many have an evening class. See, they actually did all the stats and compared it from, I think it was like 82 to 92 or I forget the exact 10 year span, but there was a serious depletion just in Iowa of active churches of Christ mm-hmm. and membership count. And it just it just waned. It seemed like there's a the plug has been pulled and it's just slowly draining every year that numbers go down.
2: Well, and I will say, mm. to be fair, because it was kind of... When I was growing up, most people stayed in their areas. True, my da- true. I, I remember my dad saying in later years, if all the family would have stayed here that were Christians in the faith and helping, we'd have had so many people. But they moved with mm-hmm. because of jobs sometimes or society changed and people's moving around a lot more and some have went to we kind of lost the generation i could tell the difference from cousins six years younger than me they saw it different they all grew up in the church something in schools it was starting to change Mm because we had the movements going on Mm -hmm. we had abortion going on issues that were being voted on it was just so much push that it changed what was happening in churches and schools. Little, It wasn't in the 60s and 70s in the church, you should be careful of humanism, of materialism, what's coming, and people kind of looked and said, well, we don't have that right now, but it happened. Yeah,
4: mm-hmm.
2: And it did change things, and you really lost a lot of people more
1: so you had it seems to me like a similar upbringing uh to mine and i'll tell you why first off these teachable moments (laughs) that you later in life realize what they were and what they were for i had you know I, i still come across situations where that light bulb finally comes on um you know i might not have understood what my parents were talking about at the time but you know that sticks with you for a long time it it shapes really who you are it shapes how you react to things um you know like you said people in the community it 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 changes, you know, you, you start, you have general concern for how they got in the position they were in. Um, and you said, you know, even something as basic as going into the woods and swimming, did your dad ever swim with a bar of soap on a rope? No. Nope. So he never bathed himself in any of these bodies of water that you were in? No. And to be
2: fair, we all,
1: I have a point yeah. where I'm getting to this, but—
2: um, And to be fair, with the bodies of water, we weren't swimming where there were groups of people. Okay. Um, I remember we uh, there was a lake in Michigan. We would go to a small lake that was nice for that, that they'd take us when we were— probably my sister, we were probably junior high age. Hmm. And there were a few people over to the side. There were some young boys that came down. Mm. And we immediately... My dad was... We're gone.
1: No nonsense. Yeah,
2: And I will say they didn't... I mean, he was never one... I don't even know how to describe it. It, I think it's like... I really think he did it through the same lens as the Bible. That... I mean what I say. I will follow through if I need to. Um, he wasn't going to harm somebody out of, but if somebody did something, he would take care of it. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, you just had that where so many times, guys, people would back off somebody that, whoa, I don't. You know how kids will say, "Well, my parents said they'd murder me." Where it really is, like, <laughs> they're not going to kill you.
4: But, I don't know, but you
2: weren't sure,
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and that that was the hard part because, it, you, and your word was something. I I know my father always said, if if you're ever in a situation and you tell somebody you're going to do it. You better be sure that's what you want to do, because you mm-hmm. got you have to follow through with it, then, mm-hmm. because then your word becomes nothing. Yep. They don't believe you anymore.
1: Oh, and they remember that. Yeah. Oh.
2: Yeah. So yep. it was just things like that, but it was all filtered. Everything was filtered through God's word, because that's the way you live. Mm-hmm. I mean, you. It's. In one way, it's kind of simplistic that. You, you, you know what he tells you to do. Mm-hmm. So, so why do you have to keep telling yourself that? I can't do it. I mean, I'm probably going to sin. Well, you know what? I, 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 it's like driving a vehicle. You know, do you go out to have an accident every time? There's just
1: (laughs) a risk. There's always.
2: Yeah, and you may have choices because you do Mm -hmm. live in a world where there's things that can happen, bad things. And you, but you have to live. I sort of believe right now if we had dinosaurs, there would be a lot of people gone
4: <laughs>
2: because you know if there's a big dinosaur stand outside your cave. If you were in a cave or even a house, or you know something that you thought was secure, you better know what he's doing, yep. and you better understand what he is and that's no different than life situations what you get yourself into and it is bible teachings i mean when you really think about it, what else do you have if you don't have god's teachings he's Mm. the one that set the world up there's a pattern there's there's a way to follow things i would not throw myself off of a mountain and think that i'm going to pray quick and Mm -hmm. he's going to deliver me I'm, um,
1: I, <laughs> In the same way, you know, your, your dad was teaching you for life. Uh-huh. I mean, you're still, I, I can tell you're still being affected by his teaching. Yes. And that's the way the Bible works. That's the way the gospel was supposed to be. It was preparing lives for life. For the life that they were, you know, the things that are important that you should pay attention to. I mean, the apostles didn't understand at all times what Jesus was trying to tell them. And then later on, you know, once they got to that solid food, you know, the lights were clicking on. And that's that's the kind of parenting that really goes miles, obviously, you know, that, that sticks around. So, you know, your dad and his no nonsense kind of tolerancy to stuff and where I was going with soap on a rope, <clears throat> Tom and Diane actually spent, uh, the morning, uh, down in Kansas City at Smart Road going to church down there. They ended up sitting with my sister, Amanda, and and my dad. <clears throat> so they, I, I guess I use this forum to talk about my dad's teachable moments for me, too. But I guess this is kind of a side observation. When you were talking about your dad teaching you to swim, all I can think about, we went to swim lessons because we, we grew up with, a I think it's like a two or three acre lake that separated us from my grandparents they lived right on the other side of the lake it was a an awesome situation for us growing up as kids um you know to have grandma and grandpa techmire right there and Um, So we'd go out and go swimming in the lake, and this lake had all kinds of stuff. I mean, you had the septic draining in, you know, over there, and you've got—you can just watch in, in the summertime in a hot day like today where the sun's out. You could see the grass carp come up to the surface, and, you know, they looked like they were about 12 feet long snapping turtles would come around and whenever dad decided to go swimming with us he'd bring his bar of soap on a rope and his inner tube and he'd sit out there and that was his way of taking his shower that night was like that bar of soap entirely negated everything else about the water that was in it so that's what comes to Drew's mind when we talk about that stuff. And <laughs> I don't know if that's still like a teachable moment that I have yet to, you know, wipe the dust off of and understand. I don't think it is, but that's,
3: I don't that's, think it's a practice. You continue. right? <laughs> I,
1: no, I never started it. I know he might still the day go out there and the, the lake has these big lily pads out there now. So he'd be fighting the, the lily pads to get clean water, but maybe they clean the water up. I don't know. But, <laughs> But yeah, that's <clears throat> teachable moments realized later.
2: That's well. He had a little hard time doing the lake things and the rivers because my mom was scared death of water. Mm-hmm. She had been taught to stay away from water. Yep. That it's everything was fear. Was mm-hmm. you don't climb a tree, you don't do any of the things. So I think what helped pray her is that he also was doing safety things. Okay. I mean. <clears throat> There's a few times he fooled me because I thought the river running, it was a fast-running river. He was out in the middle. I just thought it wasn't moving much because he was, I couldn't see except his head. I didn't know he was. Oh, (laughs) And I thought, well, he's standing up. It's not that deep. You didn't know what was going on underneath the water. (laughs) So I had a few
4: moments
1: that I had to be careful. See, part of the deal with uh, them, the lake wasn't there. Uh, Dad and Grandpa bought the property, and Grandpa Techmar had a visual mind, um, and he just mentioned, Hey, this would be a, a really pretty spot for a lake. So they dammed it up and, and dug it out. Well, part of the deal was with my mother. Um, we three kids had to go through swimming lessons and we did a, at a young age. We were out there in Pleasant Hill in the pool with our water wings on. And that was that was part of the deal. But that's that's another, you know life ending preventative measure to take <laughs> you know that you can't trust kids with something like that you know it, it'll overwhelm them immediately there's there's stuff in the world that will just overwhelm you and there's nothing you can do about it if you're not prepared
3: so, so. with your swimming lessons your your father also seemed uh, concerned about the discretion issue oh, was that a mm-hmm. different kind of yes so nobody was in bikinis out there oh, right? No. <laughs> right
2: in fact at that time like when we were in Hi, you you did not wear bermudas Ooh. you i mean shorts bermudas no mm. that was uh, pedal pushers possibly but not the shorts
3: what year are we uh, talking about
2: um that would have been probably 67 68 oh? mm-hmm. um it was very modest things. i
1: don't remember that year I'll see myself out. The
2: the one thing even in school, though, that I said has always been a help, is most of the, lots of the kids were going to, in our area, either Methodist, Catholic, uh, United Brethren. There were lots, people were at least maintaining they believed in God.
1: At least church going. Yes,
2: and they all went. Mm -hmm. Um, And at school, there was no cursing. I mean cursing was you you didn't do it.
3: So this environment of dad not you know the discretion. Yes. It's swimming the reserve part. Yes. That was the community. Yes. Uh, for a good part. Oh, yes. That's interesting.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and lots of there were lots of people that believed that. the The hard parts when all the movements started, with
3: when you say movements, what are we saying? Is that the institutionalists?
2: The, the women's movements, abortion.
3: Oh, so societies, not the yes. church. A society movement. Okay. Yeah.
2: Those, they just you know, it was just. And it's the same in the church. You have one little thing that creeps in.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, one of the things we heard years later, well, have you ever sat in the Church of Christ where they sat there and nobody said anything? They were just very quiet. Um, it's like they weren't moving or didn't smile as much.
3: Stiff shirts.
2: Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> I look back at that, and it, rem- it actually... I, it was things that really, in a sense, have already been proven. What do you do in a classroom? How much movement and everything going on do you have for you to focus? Everybody can't focus on what they're there for. And when we went into the church, we were there hmm. to worship God. We weren't there, I mean, it was this always that separation. You're, you're not, if you, if you wanna join um, a club, Go join your club. But when you come in here, you are focused and you're because I look back, there were so many times your mind really had an easier time staying on everything. You weren't pulled as easy from some of the things. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, and I don't know, it might be age-related where sometimes it's like, whoa, get back. I never remember having to do that because your mind is on what's happening. It,
1: it is age-related. Is it? It is. <laughs> well, I'm not saying that as... I'm, I'm saying that as a just kind of a demerit for my generation for sure. Like, what's the point in memorizing Scripture when I can look it up on my phone just that quick? You know, what's... What is the appeal of just sitting quietly and, you know, thinking about the gravity of the situations that you should in church when you can have, you know, the praise band up front and everything, all the visual stimulation you want? I mean, that's... That's just the way we are going. And we, being my generation and probably the generation before, we have just totally left you guys in the dust, especially on technology stuff. Just see ya. Do you
3: think most of the churches use iPads and different things for their Bible now?
1: That actually, from what I've seen, that was popular two or three years ago, but I've actually seen it regress a little bit. Going back um, to paper. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've tried to myself. Um, I, I would come into services with my Bible and my phone in my pocket, and I'd never crack my Bible. It would just stay wrapped up in the case. And <sighs> is there anything inherently wrong with that? Like, <sighs> no, probably not. But what... The worst thing you can do with a Bible is flip back to where all the pictures are and, you know, look in the in the index, you know, that that can be distracting. But on your phone, you can whip up, you know, you're getting updates on the Royals game and how the Chiefs are doing. And, you know, you can look at the weather and it's just like Pam said, you know, you've green
3: fuzzy ball that,
1: that, that quiet room, you know, when you should be thinking about what's really going on. Can yeah, that can be a distraction. Just immediately.
3: I asked because I think, Pam, when we were younger. You remember studying in your Bible and making notes and cross references, and I, I'm worried about myself and my age group because I remember we had our Bible and you, I still have a Bible to go back to to look up something. If I have thought about a scripture and I'm in my computer or my phone, I think no, I got great notes in that paperback <laughs> that Bible. <laughs> I had, that paper Bible, and I go back and I find you know three or four or five cross references, and when you studied, you went, oh, I remember that other scripture. You go over there, and you write this scripture here, and that scripture yeah. there, and you have your cross references yeah. in there. And if you have that Bible for three or four or five years before it wears out, you've got a serious reference now, yeah. and you know the paths down that those yeah. paper pages. And I'm not doing that now. And I tried in my digital this to bookmark or do yeah. and It's just... It's uh, not the
1: same. No, no, you no. can't.
3: You got to you gotta have a really sharp
1: pen to write in those small <laughs> yeah. little margins. Right. Right. So right. a different
2: role. Yeah, but where technology can be a problem. One of my bosses years ago, that man was a human calculator. He is one he was in purchasing. Hmm. When somebody called him, and I checked a number of times when I was sitting there with my calculator... Anytime he ordered something, he had it down. We're talking big money, I mean, you know, where it's not like $10. It's a lot writing
1: on whether yeah. he recall that, you know.
2: He had it. <coughs> I was just shocked what he could do with his mind with that. And now he would double-check himself when he got all done. But he told me, I am not going to go away from or just use a calculator. Because he had it in his mind, and you think be careful with technology yeah. because sometimes you're not allowing your mind to do what it should be doing for you and keeping it there it's too easy to just oh i can flip that here you really don't i'm not saying you don't remember things but well, yeah it's it, it's a crutch technology can be absolutely a crutch
1: yep but, but i like it <laughs>
3: I like Your it. sister told yeah. me today you liked it since you were in grade school.
1: I built my first computer when I was a freshman in high school. Um, dad ran a computer company downtown. And I was telling Pam about this a little earlier. You know, he was the general manager, so he's number two under the owner. So, you know, his life teaching lessons to me you know s- sometimes would comprise son you know if, if you don't apply yourself you'll be working for me making $10 an hour and that is not enough to support a family and I wasn't making $10 an hour yet you know still It's kinda yeah, great, yeah, I was like, it? yeah, <laughs> if I made $10 an hour but yeah for, for sure that <laughs> would not have worked out very well so um, Pam we will take a brief time out here um, and get into this strawberry pretzel salad. <laughs> <That is> right. <laughs> so strawberry pretzel salad. This, I will say this disclaimer before we get started. The lady that made this happens to be my mother-in-law, and that will not affect my scoring on this at all I do not sway that way so that's how this is gonna go
3: you might consider not putting in a rating Drew.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not scared Tom I'm real. <laughs> <laughs> I am for you <laughs> so Tracy Penick lovely mother-in-law <clears throat> Strawberry pretzel salad. Now, salad, as I alluded to earlier, is a little bit of a loose term, and I'll tell you why. This thing starts out on the bottom as... Pretzel, pretzel parts and I, I wanted to say pretzel crumb but I scratched that out and exchange it for parts because it is actually small pretzel parts on the bottom with butter and sugar. How many salads do you know of that have stuff baked in butter and sugar? This is a dessert. Pretzel parts with butter and sugar on the bottom. Now, here's something that I'm not a huge fan of, but I thought was done very well. It has a layer of cream cheese next. So it wasn't overpowering, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, just leave cream cheese out of desserts. Just quit putting it in there. Put more butter in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, cream cheese. Next layer is a layer of whipped cream. Then we have strawberry jello o with, with cut strawberries in it. So this salad is very sweet. It's actually pretty rich for what it is. Might have something to do with the butter and sugar, but it has a few things going for it. Cream cheese is subtle. Great. Sugar content makes this a dessert. Super. I can have multiple pieces of this. Okay. That's good. The one thing it doesn't really have going for it is it's not a coffee dessert. Like, you're a coffee drinker. Pam's not. This is not something you would drink with coffee. They would not. It's a, it's like a, maybe milk. See, I'm a big milk drinker. Courtney can attest to that. I drink a ton of milk. I don't know about... This might just be a water dessert for me. <laughs> <laughs> so the important thing is it's not a coffee dessert, so that's going to get it a little bit of a demerit, but it's still sitting at a fresh eight Point zero for me. 8.0. Yep. She's my mother-in-law. Yeah, 8. 0. That okay. score is not influenced. So don't keep you in safe waters? At all. That was
3: your highest rating ever, wasn't it, Drew? Uh,
1: it might be. I'm to have to go <laughs> go back and look. Which, technically, right now, the high V Truffle Cake is on top with uh, Tiffany's Strawberry Almond Danishes, another subtle cream cheese dessert um, in a close second, which I think once we get more of these in, the V truffle cake will just go because we don't know. We know who made it. It was some. Hey,
3: that was for my birthday.
1: Yeah, I know. It was. It was okay, but I know what it's like to work at Hyvee making food. And if you knew the things that I knew, you would understand why it probably needs to be pulled from.
3: Really got real chefs there. I've seen them in their black shirts.
1: Anybody can wear a black shirt and a hat, Tom. <laughs> So, for me, this gets a solid 8.0. And we will just advance around the table to Tom, who probably has the freshest taste of this in his, in his mind. Just so, had it. Yep. Going and, uh,
3: and I didn't get all the ingredients down. The last three were... Whipped cream? Was that part of it? So, yeah, jello. that's
1: going to be right in the middle, yeah. and then jello on top with strawberries in it.
3: And strawberries in it, yeah. Very refreshing. I liked refreshing. it. Refreshing. Yeah. And I didn't, it was a, that's a good call out because I didn't notice that. Because when I have a dessert with chocolate or something that's rich, cookie ish, I, immediately I start looking around for a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. I did not with this dessert. Mm-mm. Good call. Mm-hmm. Um, but.
1: This is what I I do, Tom.
3: (laughs) 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 But I did like those salty pretzels with the sweet. Mm -hmm. That butter, there was a a great flavor there, and I couldn't identify it as the butter. That was kind of nice. Everything else on top, that whipped cream, that jello, the strawberries. Yeah, made it. And I like cream cheese, but not a lot of it. But I did like that. So it had a cool, creamy, uh, nice taste to it. My reservation Hmm. is when you end up with six ingredients in something, I start to think. You don't want to know what the ingredients of <laughs> Jell in are. Well, I don't want to know Jell <laughs> O, right. But but when I see six ingredients, I think of fourth or fifth grade. I think of, you know, for kids, they love everything mixed together. And uh, Rice Krispie treats with this put in it and that put in it, yeah, squished down. So cool. Yeah, oh, I, 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 I don't want a Rice Krispie treat near me. So I was surprised that I liked this because it reminded me of fifth grade. Something a fifth grader okay. would do. It was a great kid's treat, and I'm not a kid treat person, but I liked it. So <laughs> that is an interesting review. <laughs> so, do I got to give it a rating? I yep. do
1: with with a tenth. With the tenth on. point, oh yeah. yes,
3: yes we do. I'm going to give it a seven point 6. six, just because of my natural 7. love for chocolate.
1: So you brought up an interesting point. It's a fifth grade dessert. Yeah, kids would love it. But the jury, with most people, most adults, is still out on whether it's a salad yeah, or a dessert.
3: Oh, no, salad doesn't even come to mind. Not that's salad. a that's a pure. Yeah. Fifth grade dessert. dessert. Okay. Yes. Pure fifth that's grade. every fifth dessert. grader would tell you that's a dessert. And they would go back for seconds. I would take seconds of that. That was very good. It was well, refreshing. it's an
1: interesting texture though, because you have the slickness of jello and strawberries followed by the kind of consistency oh, of you know a hard pack. She's cream cheese whipped cream pretzel butter sugar thing on yeah. the bottom. So
3: well what a food channel would say kicks on that is sticking something salty in with that sweet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I liked, and I don't like kid desserts, but I think that's why I liked this one. It you had that salty to, sweet mix with the pretzel in that. You so, try to
0: sneak kool cooling into something clever. Yeah.
3: He'll spot it. He'll spot it. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's yeah. got
1: a no. nose for it. Whoa. What other kids' desserts don't you like? Pam, we're going to get to you, but I, we've cracked the surface here <laughs> yeah. on Tom's uh, Rice
3: Krispie Treats, like I said. It's oh, they're night. foul.
1: They're foul. So what about Scotcharoos? Because everybody in Iowa... Knows what Scotcheroos are? Um, Similar but different. They
3: got they they have Rice Krispies in them a little bit.
1: Yeah, the bottom is, and then no, the layer of chocolate no. on top. You so they're try. not they're not hiding from you when they're in that.
3: Yeah, they they put, they put a lot of good ingredients and ruined them with Rice Krispies. They put chocolate. They put peanut butter. They put a lot of good things, and then they dump the rice. Why Krispies
1: Rice Krispies a- though? What, when you it like like frosted- processed food. You could use like Frosted Flakes or like Captain Crunch. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. There's better cereals out there that no, there has no. to be by now.
3: They're all processed food. Now, now you want a dessert. And we'll, we're going to get this one going. It's Diane's. She's got some type of thing where we actually use chocolate. Um, we get uh, sweet cream. And if you boil a can of sweet cream, don't open it, just drop it in hot water for three hours. Mm-hmm. You open it up. It's caramel. Mm. You'll see that it is pure caramel. And she'll take that, put that's that over different. the chocolate. Then we get all natural peanut butter, put that over. Then we do get something I don't like, that marshmallow goo. Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. What's that called? It's
0: called marshmallow goo. Marshmallow
3: goo. Yeah. yeah. It's some kind of... It's a marshmallow We. both. It's beat. Yeah, been around I since think. the 60s, and yeah. it's some marshmallow. That's in there. See,
0: This is supposed to be duplicating... A candy bar, so oh, okay. you have to have the nougat. Yep, G- nougat in there. Yeah. Yep,
3: so, wow. okay. and then we put it in the fridge, and then it turns into—it's better than a Snickers bar. It's fabulous.
0: Well, you should try the conde- is a condensed milk. Okay, in, sweet you know, condensed this milk.
3: Like, and
0: it's like Bordens condensed milk. Yep, uh, not not canned, but condensed. <clears throat> okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And then you put it in boiling water, and don't touch the can. Just put it in there like it is
3: and don't let the water get below the can or it'll explode
0: right (laughs) it It will blow it'll go three hours in a simmer right and and just keep checking your water making sure it's it's not boiling
1: away yeah
0: Yeah. and let it go three hours then let it cool and then Pop it open, and there is. I'll make a can, and I'll bring it Sunday. Okay. That'll be cool. Then you mm-hmm.
1: guys could see. Okay. Well, I've learned something that not all dessert reviews are without bias because this one happens to be my mother-in-law's, and Tom wants to bring his wife's dessert.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, just her caramel.
1: Honest ratings <laughs> only here. No. So no, I'll just bring it to you guys. <laughs> Eight point zero, seven point six, Pamela. What did you What's think?
2: What's
1: the high? Is ten the high? Yes. Out of out of 10.0
2: i'm not a coffee drinker no
1: nope.
2: i i loved this this salad and mm. i don't need anything with it
1: the salad I, or the dessert The dessert okay
2: the dessert i'll take them the salad. words i here. know as soon as i said <laughs> it there was a reason for it um i loved it i thought it was very good
1: and you're I'll a high say, rater you give high I ratings
2: am, because yeah i thought it was a good consistency uh-huh. um I like how it flowed together, fit my palate. I didn't need water with it. I didn't need another drink with What about it. milk? I, I'm a huge a milk? milk drinker. Me too. But I don't have to have milk with it. I just eat it. I just thought it was good. Again. No
1: nonsense.
2: Yeah. I thought it was good. I'm, I'm tired of processed food things, so I like Ooh. things different. Yep. I thought it was good. Um, I'm going to give it a nine because I Whoa. liked it.
3: Holy smokes! I don't know if we ever had a nine. Is this the first Is time? this really the first nine? <laughs> the first nine.
1: It. Now you stay. You stick with it. Don't let anybody hmm. try and talk you I out of it. I
2: liked it. it. There's
1: Tracy's there. a good friend of yours, so.
2: Well, it's not because she's my good friend. Because you know, sometimes in desserts, you don't get something in it that you care for. Oh, Somebody may like. not like something in it. I liked everything in it. Now, I don't know if I'd have liked, they said raspberries. I'm not sure if it would have had raspberries. But I Mm. liked the strawberry. I liked what was in it.
1: It would have to be the right raspberry. You know, because strawberry is pretty much strawberry. Right. There are some some sweet tart raspberries out there that I think it probably could be Good See
2: the things I would go low on are mm-hmm. usually the processed stuff that it's okay to yeah. eat, but eh, it did for me. You know, or uh-uh. somebody makes a chocolate chip cookie and you think, years ago, who can ruin a chocolate chip cookie? <laughs> but People. I mean, it's edible. You could get away with it, but uh. there's no, there's just. Not something there that says it's really good.
0: Well, we found a really good chocolate chip recipe cookie recipe. Really, really good. You know, low timey, and I stuck it on my cupboard, and uh, now I can't eat it. So anyway, now we're on a on, on a no
3: sugar way of. We made those cookies one time and forgot the baking powder. I did. I yeah, I was going to try them out, and I yeah, I forgot to And gonna they,
0: qualify that
3: they tasted like dog biscuits.
0: <laughs> so if somebody forgets
2: that, but yeah, you're saying
3: yeah, yeah, I believe. Well,
2: it. and I'm probably higher than people, but I really have always been one to buy baked goods, and to I just like that kind of stuff. I've always done it.
3: Cinnamon <coughs> rolls.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a recipe that's really good on those, but you know, people now when we buy some they're they're okay i i can leave them alone they yeah. don't have that extra whatever's in it yeah i know what you're saying i when yeah, i can that's, eat that's something and, and i think it's because of times that i'm there's not as many things that i
0: yeast are, sometimes as <laughs> a, a factor yeah
2: that, which minor
0: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. the people leave out okay i'm talking to pants
1: i know <laughs> but you'll <laughs> like you'll like this part because there are Times in my life where I've gotta spill water on the floor. <laughs> there are times in my life where I could just stick my foot in my mouth. No. <clears throat> this is one of those times that has been coming for a long time because I have remembered things wrong. I have misremembered the truffle cake score. The truffle skate truffle skate. Truffle cake only scored an eight flat. Oh. Right? 8.0? I didn't I thought it was higher than that. So Tiffany's Strawberry Almond Damage has, has actually been on the top of the charts for the last month. <clears throat> Until today. Until Tracy's strawberry pretzel salad unseated Tiffany's strawberry almond danishes with a solid eight, due to, 8.2. Due I, to Pam, but that's totally... But I didn't
0: have it in uh, the She's a high
1: rater. Yeah, well, them. you didn't... Yeah, you're. A, I've
0: you, I
2: bought Tiffany's You're the
1: Tiffany sweet supporter too. Yeah. And I am still going to send her a bill for all this free quote-unquote... Publicity that I'm giving her with sharing her page and talking about her so much, so she's kind of built. I didn't
2: have any of what you guys rated.
1: Right? Did you have the strawberry almond Danish? No. You haven't had one. No. I told you.
2: I had her. A brownie cupcake with cream cheese frosting and yeah. I had her chocolate chip cookies. Yes. And I bought an, an another kind of cake. They were very good. I can't rate something I didn't.
1: Well, well, that we wouldn't go back and change it anyways. No. But Tracy, my mother-in-law's strawberry pretzel salad, I, I really didn't mean for this to happen, is <laughs> coming, uh, sitting at the top of the charts with an 8.2 right now so uh, way to go mother-in-law good, good stuff it. <laughs> Pam it's I totally cool I, it's totally cool so strawberry pretzel dessert the uh, our jury is settled on that so uh, we're gonna get right back down to business with Pam um, I mentioned earlier she has moved 20 tea times uh, either with uh, her husband Charlie being in the Air Force or uh, with him following his job. Charlie now works in Indianola. I have been in his office at Herschel's farm equipment um nice big corner office um and there's a lot of motivational things on the walls and very big whiteboards with uh charts and graphs and numbers and so charlie is uh pretty high up there and he's uh definitely a hard worker pam you have been too uh, still are so what's it what's it like i mean i i like to travel quite a bit um i like to drive um within reason um Courtney doesn't like to drive as much as I do, but searching, kind of looking for churches where you go, um, obviously you had to go somewhere and stay because you moved. So kind of 20 times of doing it, did it ever get easier to find, you know, exactly what you were looking for or was it always a struggle?
2: Somehow something always came. um, Whether it was, you know, I'd have, an address book with churches, um, ask somebody who lives places if they can recommend what's there. But you know, most of the time, because a few of the states, i said before, we've lived in, population base isn't big, so you're not going to have as many choices sometimes. Mm -hmm. But um, most of it was just searching, Uh, I I was concerned the first time when we moved to Nebraska I knew there was a church in Sioux City and I kept following the map well there's a river that goes through Sioux City (laughs) and uh, one Sunday I ended up I missed church I had my son with me I kept getting at a dead end and I couldn't see anything Mm. on the map well it ended up the street started again on the other side of the Uh river Mm -hmm. but Sometimes things just you search and it's there. Some you know it's it's like, am I going to find something? Oh no! But normally it it's always worked out that there's. But I do get concerned more and more because things have changed. People, um, just the churches I visit, whether I go with to my daughters, I can see changes from. When I first started going to them, where I'll go for a number of years and I see things creeping in, and mm-hmm. I start to question are they gonna still be there? Um, are they gonna go where I can't sit there anymore, um, you know, or be there? And that's a concern because I am really now in the mode, the age I'm in, that. Instead of sending all the evangelists out of the country, we've got a real sin problem in our country. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, mm-hmm. sin's yes, sin's always been around. But now, when when you have 50%, sometimes, divorce, I mean, you're getting yeah. a people living together, fornicating, when you have... That's
1: totally the, cool now. Yeah, yep. it's accepted. It's the norm.
2: That it's time to be preached to. Somebody needs... To be out there, and you, you know, you try to talk to your own families. They know what it is. Mm -hmm. um, They choose to ignore it or whatever. But I just don't think we're, and and maybe that is society that's pushed it down. That we're not getting out there and getting the word. And like, and what we talked before, where's the fear that who wants to fall in the hands of living God and be in sin? I don't want that. You, and I even get you don't want that for your kids. You don't want that for any of your relatives. I don't. You don't want that for other people who need to hear it. And whether you think they have something isn't triggering because there's there's nothing that's pulling them towards something. Right. You would think if you knew something bad, you were gonna, you know, go into hell. Wouldn't you be motivated? but you think it's not going to happen. A lot of them will say now, I have an uncle retired from the Methodist Church. Everybody's going to heaven. Now there's a few that he probably wouldn't Mm. put there, but I mean, this is sad that that it's okay to practice sin, that no matter what you choose, and it isn't about us choosing. I mean, we have a choice, no doubt. But you only have two choices, and it's either sin or God's way. And I I don't know sometimes what the answer, you know, because I've sat places, I don't know where you wonder, how much do I speak up, you know, Mm -hmm. what do you say? And I'm actually one, I have been all my life where I never even knew it before, but places we sat where men and women aren't christians or something and they I've been sitting there and I'll chat once in a while I come cry, I don't have to yell at anybody they know what I think and it's yep. like well I you know I didn't tell them that they're going to but they know right that well she's you
1: know and
2: <laughs> i a little you know little angel walking around that but it's a goody two shoes because you choose right. not to do not a to lifestyle. In yes. And that's stuff what like I was that. getting at. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes.
2: Put in a category.
1: By your actions.
2: Yes. And but see in the another way. You present way yourself. Yeah. I get thinking, isn't it supposed to be our
3: actions? Mm-hmm. Yep. Of what you're showing. I um, like your point on evangelism because The amount of effort and time and money it takes to do something overseas. Why go to another country when the next county is in so much trouble and in so much need? Every county around us needs to hear the real gospel. So... That, that call, it's just I, 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 for a long time, have just kind of shake my head at the romance of going overseas, yes. the romance of they're going to take the word afar. Well, you know what? The fact is, we would do a whole lot better having those Mexicans, those Filipinos, those Romanians, those Chinese come to us and tell us what they're going through mm-hmm. to try to keep the gospel. The Churches of Christ are in those nations. <clears throat> when we go over there, we're, we come with money, yeah. we, try, we talk through an interpreter, and uh, help them where we can financially, and then we come back, uh, and as you know, we went over the seas preaching the gospel. I'd rather have them come here and tell me what you're going through, yeah. and let us get a taste of the real,
4: mm-hmm.
3: closer to the biblical experience. Of 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 uh, living the gospel in a country with a government and other religions, you know that, that really are difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, I want them to come and preach to us instead of us going over there like we're some kind of hero. They're the heroes. Yeah. If you really measure by persecution, by, you know, comparable to the apostles experience. Those people that we hear about overseas are the, are, are the ones that would edify us, mm-hmm. you know, if they came back. And so now here we got. So we have all these fun. We have all this. Let's go preach the gospel. Well, why don't we go to the next academy? Yeah, I, I can't agree with you more on that one.
1: Were you, either of you, uh, go up to Pleasant Hill Church when Roger Austin was in town? He's, uh, an evangelist in the Philippines. Um he talked about and there there's pictures out there you know they they stay in uh in church on a sunday morning and the water's up to you know their knees and they just have their pant legs rolled up you know that far and you know they get their building built and then a typhoon comes through and you know it all just you know gets knocked back down and they just keep building it up and um somebody asks you know uh, something about uh, the Philippines being a poor country and, you know, how do you deal? And he just, he just stopped him right there. He said, the Philippines isn't a poor country. He said, we've got, you know, extreme wealth. It's just the weather just keeps knocking everything, you know, back down. And then uh, he said, the Chinese come over and they'll go on one of the islands and basically just plant their flag there and take it from the Philippines he says and what do you do about that he said the you know we have two attack army helicopters they have 2000 you know he's like what what can we do about that and you know you to just sit back and listen to the struggles you know they go through he he stayed uh, at my house a number of times when i was growing up and riding my dad would pick him up at the airport and bring him home and that was that's like 45 50 minute drive without traffic and we got to or he got to the house with dad and came up the driveway and dad reached up on his uh, visor and hit that little button that makes the garage door goes go up and roger just lost his mind you know that this this door was going up automatically for him and just uh that that's super cool to listen to for us, you know, to get that that separate perspective of actually what's going on, um, and you know, I, I, the Church of Christ has has been great to the Philippines, and sending money over there really turned into kind of hey, we need to manage, you know, who we're actually giving this to because it would just kind of find its way out due to the government or whatever, and you know, when you really. Zero in and target on what their actual needs are. That's that's the good the good stuff, and you don't have to you don't have to leave the country to to do that.
3: <laughs> and what so. would happen to all the churches of Christ in Romania, <laughs> in the Philippines, in Mexico, if we didn't go there? They would get. They would all survive without us. They, well, they would God all get by with, like they did for centuries. There yep. wasn't the a United States four hundred years ago, right? And all these churches thrived all over the world. Mm-hmm. Churches of Christ. Here? Yep. Yeah. So, we'll well, well, you know, there isn't that. Well, we're the heroes. We're saving them. We they need us. They they don't. It's nice that we do a philanthropic thing. Yep. But mm-hmm. again, like what Pam brought up, there's. In the next county, in our own country, we got the gospel that's not there. Yep. The presence of it's not there.
1: So moving around 20 times, you've been to a lot of different congregations. You've been, I mean, is Iowa, for me, what I've noticed is, is different. You just have different people up here than you do down in Kansas City at Smart Road. There's just... Differences um, in the way the the just the people are, the way the churches operate. So, kind of, what are your observations? As as many congregations have you been as you have been to?
2: Probably, I'd say the same thing. The observation with even just moving places, and then adding when you're moving with whether you, there's church there or not, but. You know, it's amazing. Every place we've moved, there is really good people, nice people. Do try, you know, having the same struggles, maybe a little different in another way. But I, even with just people in general, there's bad people no matter where you move. And we've been, we've lived in big cities, we've lived in little towns. Um, everyone, you know, there's different sets of things that happen. Same with school systems. But most of the people um, have been pretty nice, pretty good, pretty welcoming. And mm-hmm. in the churches have always I've never felt um, that I didn't belong, no matter where I've went. There's there's been a few visiting sometimes that you do when you're like I said, the creeping in part. Mm-hmm. That that starts to concern me because when when you see the kids sitting in a congregation and what you're being taught and it's just kind of a feel-good thing to not... um, It's one thing to give your own lesson in a sense, but, you know, God has... Jesus Christ taught us what we need to know. God, we've read all through the Bible what we need to know. And when they're sitting in there and they're not getting those stories that you put in a couple scriptures... And then we talked before about pull out a couple strip, what's the context? Mm -hmm. What's going on there? They're not getting that at some of the places. It's just kind of a um, years ago they were starting where some congregations were talking about what if we added a gymnasium? That's when some of those things started. What if we do some of these things in the church? And that's why I always say the older preacher I knew said, "If somebody can hot dog them in, somebody else can hamburger them out." You're not coming for the purpose of what you're supposed to be at church for. This isn't about, um, you know, an athletic event. It's it's about the gospel. And what you're supposed to be going out and doing with it. I just feel some of them are getting shorted on. And sure, maybe the parents shouldn't be opening their Bibles. They're just sitting in the pew. And they're not getting the gospel. like mm-hmm. you, I mean, we, at Martinsdale, we, we talk, we study. Everyone's not getting that at some of the churches now. Others are, but they're somewhere. It's just... I walk out of there thinking, What was that? That oh I can go home and feel good, that I you don't get anything out of the lesson. They start with two or three verses that are feel good things and then they tell stories about what's going on in life and how you love people.
4: Uh-huh.
2: Well
1: it It's almost like it's not enough sustenance to keep your mind engaged.
2: You're not giving them well, food. Well, well right, yeah. but
1: you're not. It's not anything that's going to engage your mind no. for the rest of the week, or no. you know, even the rest of the day.
3: Well, you engage your mind. That hot dog them in, <laughs> you get hamburger them out. You hot dog them in. That means they weren't converted. Right. They were drawn right. by right. something else. Yeah,
2: and, and there they yeah.
3: sit unconverted, yeah. but they're here for something else. Yeah. Yeah, not good.
2: That's why some of those, and I, I'm not sure the name of the churches. So the big ones that everybody can come to, and they'll have a slide for the kids going down to the basement. Um, there's one out in Kearney, and I'm not, I don't remember the name, but they really have taken off in the last number of years because it's no matter what church you belong to, you you'll fit there, and.
1: Oh, that's been going on for a long yeah. time.
2: <laughs> and it's, you know, yep. there's things you use to bring them in. Mm-hmm. And you're not bringing them in to the gospel.
4: No. And no conversion. It, And those
2: things are scary. And then you're not seeing them in the homes, jobs, at, you know, everybody's so many are visit with sports. Mm-hmm. Everything becomes, there's no balance.
3: They're heading towards a denominationalism. Daddy, yes. You know, my brother, I went to a place with my brother. There was a, uh, some kind of speaker coming to his faith only place, 2000 members or whatever it was. And they had people with like a CIA looking guys with things in their ear. And they were watching the doors because some guy from Israel was coming to speak. And it was in it was in Philadelphia, and we went, and I see a big screen, a stage, cameras. Their auditorium was top notch, almost as impressive as Drew's. Golf. Oh, please
4: <laughs> stop, stop it! Stop.
3: No, I mean, this place was two thousand members, and they had they had a small mini mall down the hall where you can buy t-shirts of love the lord and all that where you can buy right. coffee and have a breakfast just all kinds of little shops yeah. so they had this little mini mall they had uh, a television station professional fox news cnn oh, yeah. level type of stuff and so and, and i'm watching this place and it's huge complex and i said where's your baptismal he goes or what i said where's your where do you baptize people? Oh, oh, we don't have one of those here. We go down to the pool at the hotel. I said, you're kidding me. You've got this multi-million complex, and you don't have a baptismal in this place? He said, no. And I and that's when I explained to him they don't consider baptism important, Johnny. And I actually converted my brother, baptized him in Florida about two years later. Oh. But I actually used that. They don't believe it, Johnny, no matter what they tell you. If they got a yeah, mini mall no priority. baptismal, yeah. Yeah, they, they just...
1: Don't You'd have that. to wonder how long it would have taken Jesus to flip all those tables over. <laughs> there <were a> lot <laughs> and, of them. That'd be a lot of whipping too. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. The the how I feel has become more important than you know how I change what I what I need to do, and that's. Evident everywhere. And when, you know, those type of people that are used to that come to the old country church where people are quiet and people are respectful of the parts of the service that have that gravity to them that really strike their hearts, you know, they're they're almost overwhelmed just completely the other way, you know, when you start engaging your brain on that kind of stuff.
3: Good point, Drew, because so, that how I you know what I really feel in my heart is Overriding, Thus saith the Lord in this whole kind of culture thing we're talking about. Thus saith the Lord doesn't carry the weight as it used to. But what I really feel in my heart about Jesus, uh, what are you basing that on? Well, it's what I feel in my heart. The feel. <laughs> the feel. Yeah. 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 Versus thus saith the Lord.
1: Well, Pam, it's been an absolute pleasure. And <laughs> we, I feel you're one of those guests that we can just keep going. And... Uh, we're gonna have you back if if you'll have us. There might be a dessert later on down the road that might need a little bit of a Pam Deckler boost.
2: <laughs> well, and to be honest, I love this format because oh, good. I grew up with sitting at tables listening to the development the, the men talking about the scriptures and listening to what everybody had to say. I. I just, it, some people might come in and say, well, they sound like they were arguing. Well, nobody went away mad. They mm-hmm. weren't. They were, you know, going, talk and study studying. I always thought it was so wonderful to be able to sit and listen like that. Because now, um, talking to a few of my relatives that are Christians, and we have a lot that have fallen away, they don't sit and you don't talk anymore. And we, we, you lose that closeness. That's how you find out about people and mm-hmm. the who's who, and the rest is just um, superficial yeah. things, and that's sad. Yep. But, but thank
1: you. It's guys. not a kitchen. It's not a kit. Thank you for coming, Pam. It's it's not a kitchen table. Um, <laughs> okay. It it could be a bill, you know, for a small family. But actually, what this what this was, we we talked about it for that first episode that did not turn out. Very great, this was my grandpa Hurlbert's Aww. old bridge table. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was once or twice a week, he'd have his friends over with uh, their bridge plan gear. And it, it has, it. Uh, they're all out of it now because they, ma- they made too much racket. But it had the out drawers where you could s- stack all your cards and then you could put your pipe tobacco and your beer over here. So we have given this table a revival <laughs> <My> <laughs> almost. <And> we've converted <laughs> this table now to a different type of discussion. But you were the first... First person to come up to me and explain and and tell me exactly what I wanted to hear was, you know, you you like the casual part of this conversation, the the civilized way you can discuss things, you know. Well,
2: mean? look what you guys with sitting here like this. You know, it's nice to sit in class at church and talk and things, but sometimes you're you're limited mm-hmm. on the amount of time you can do things mm-hmm. and. Look what you learn about people or maybe something, hey, that would help you or meet you know, with yep. something that or just gives you strength that somebody else is there. Yeah. Like the prophet that was Elijah thought he was the only one left in mm-hmm. the and you think you need that at these times. You're not the only one that feels as you know, or doing God's word because you'll Mm -hmm. feel a lot of times people say there's not as many around it's like Mm -hmm. there are but you do have to get talking Mm -hmm. and that's why I think this is wonderful because you can get a lot of subjects
3: Oh yeah, we go all over we got an iron sharpened iron here
2: (laughs) well I think sometimes when somebody does say something different that was I used to I spent years when we were in the air force where once I got the baby down two in the morning I'd pop up because somebody had mentioned something I wasn't sure that that Mm. was um it could be what happens to you after you die or you know the Lazarus thing and I would pop up and go study and just I'd search out all the scriptures I'd read and read again but it's those times that it gives you something well what does it say and maybe you don't always give that. Maybe it's not unvi- you know something well, that we're gonna know. Yep. But
1: that yields growth. Yeah. It's really what it does.
3: Sounds so. like you're saying study, study, study. <laughs> yes.
2: We, so we, boy, we, that would motivate. Yes. Yeah. It does. It, oh. it just kind of charges you. Yes, it To, does. to really look. I mean, because for me, are you seeing it? I I've always been concerned with. If, if I sat down and wrote things about the Bible. Um, say I had to do a lesson, which I've written things out. I don't want it to be that Pam thought something. I'm really so careful that it's almost sometimes almost verbatim of saying what Christ said to, to protect my, that yeah. I'm not telling somebody wrong. Does yep. that sound over? Mm-hmm. Because I'm always concerned, You how do you use your words did you say what christ said mm-hmm. so i'm probably over the top with something. i mean almost to be in goofy amen
3: it? to verbatim yeah because we don't have license to say anything else
2: no and i've always but when somebody does say something and you're not sure well you know i or or something unfolds again no matter how many times you read that bible Mhm. Yep. Wow.
4: Keep
1: looking at yeah. it. Pam, yep. you have been great. <laughs> we we will have you back <laughs> if uh... If we can,
2: would you put that in writing? (laughs) Especially since we.
3: Pam, back. That's all I need. Because we have not exhausted
1: it. No, we've just scratched (laughs) the surface. So that was episode five. Um, My mother in law's pretzel parts, butter, sugar, dessert. Coming out on top with an 8.2, which would surely get me some bonus points, um, being a son-in-law, I guess. So don't tell her. Um, So thanks for listening. Um, Tom, thank you for uh, moving 200 miles up here today to come and be with us. Diane as well. You're always a pleasure, Diane.
0: That's what so. they say. Yep.
4: <laughs>
1: so, thank you, Pam, and thanks to viewers like you for listening. We'll catch you next time. You
4: guys do such.